It's Shade at Black Girls Texting. I know y'all see my text. You better answer me back. I'm Chels Pinky, also known as the washing machine queen. I'm classically trained. Me, 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 me. It's Glenn at Bed Stuy Brat. Wow, you did us. Goodbye. Welcome, welcome to Black Girls Texting. Tea is steadily spilled in our group chat, and each week we let you in on it. So this week, Glenn is having some major technical difficulties, um, but hopefully she'll be able to jump in. If not, it will just be Shade and I, but lucky for you all, we have a guest today, which I will introduce in a moment. But I am Chels Pinky. A.K.A. I'm, the washing machine queen. Oh, right. You're that whole thing. I'm <laughs> Shade at Black Girls Texting. And with us, we have, drumroll please, <laughs> Sir Knight. And I'm so happy to have you on. Um, first of all, we've been thirsting for some sort of just different energy, like male energy. But also, I've known you since I was in middle school. And your spirit and energy has always been like super warm and positive. So I'm happy to watch and witness you evolve and grow. I'm proud every time I see your work um, where you're pushing forward um, the LGBTQ community with Trans TV. I'm proud when I see you on TV. I saw you on Viceland's Slut Ever and on HBO's Random Acts of Flyness. Um, I'm proud when I see you walking the runways of New York Fashion Week. I saw you on the runway of the Marco Marco show. And I don't know, I'm, I'm just rooting for you and your continued success. And I'm happy that you agreed to come on on our podcast and offer your unique perspective and share your experiences with us. For sure. Yeah. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Um, my name is Sir Knight. And yeah, I do it all. I do everything. When people ask me what I do, I live. I exist. I, I That's it. Um, every aspect of my being, I'm trying to figure out ways to not only monetize it, because I think that's very essential, being a person of Black experience, but also just the fact that like I'm going to revolutionize every sector of entertainment. So TV, runways, um, airwaves, that's what I'm, I'm here to do. So I'm a revolutionary public speaker and a media creator. And yeah, I'm, I'm doing the thing. And I'm just, it's nice to hear that you're proud of me, though. That means a lot, though. It really does. No, I really am. Like, every time I see you, I'm like, oh, how crazy. Like, I know who that is. So um, to start us off, we always play this game called Red or Reply. And it's like, you know, when you get a text, if you're here for it, you leave, you reply. And if you're not here for it, you leave it on red. So, like, you ignore someone. So the first thing, and it's supposed to be like a kind of fast game, but we can always talk about the topics a little deeper. So are you here for, you reply, or you're not here for, leave on red, Nike sneakers? Reply. Reply. Okay, yeah. easy. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like I your sneaker you. game, by the way. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's, it's a lot of money in there. It's a lot of money in here. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, Jesse Smollett. Uh, reply. Reply. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. I don't. I don't can't. I like. I. I. I do believe in the cancellation. Um, culture. One hundred percent. Right. Like, let's mute R. Kelly. You know. Let's cancel people that are actually harming the bodies of other Black people. 
but mm-hmm. we don't know all the information when it comes to Jesse. And being that I'm one degree of separation from him, um, I don't really have much to say on it. But what I can say is that I do believe that he is a good person with good character and he wouldn't do something uh, as the media has portrayed it. And also the Chicago police historically are known for not doing their jobs and for arresting black people simply because they're existing in black. Um, I've had people in my family be arrested when they called for a robbery and they were arrested. What? So, (laughs) yeah, that's, yeah. So Chicago police historically are like the worst, uh, police department in the United States. Um, so when it comes to black people in the Chicago police department, um, yeah, it's sketchy for me. So I don't believe the police. I never sided with the police. I just find it interesting that all of a sudden, because it's a black gay man, that people are like, oh, let's side with the police. And it's like, oh, but we never mm-hmm. sided with the police before. Every every time before, it was like, fuck the cops. Like, nah, 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 like, we're gonna side with so-and-so. But now, all of a sudden, when the intersectionality of identity comes in and Jesse is black and gay, people are now trying to, you know, put him at the butt of jokes and things of that nature because of his, his identity. And that's what I think is really interesting because it's like, oh, so now all of a sudden we believe cops? All right, bet. So yeah. I'm definitely going to reply. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had an episode last week on this topic. And initially, I would say personally for myself, Shade, you can chime in. Um, I was definitely like, he's guilty. Or, or no, I was like, I felt bad for him. Then I went through the ups and downs of feeling like he's guilty. But like you said, like the info isn't out. Like, you know, I don't know. I agree. We need to give it some time. Next, Jordan Woods. And the Jordan Woods. Ha! Ah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving on rain. I don't really, I really don't know what to say about that. But, but I think it's great that the Kardashians are getting hit by something that they um, dial into mm. and they don't need to, right? Like for so long they dived into black culture. So I find it very interesting um, that now you're getting hit by exactly what you don't want. Like, they don't want black drama, right? But they want black culture, they want black ass, they want black boobs, they want black bodies, they want black hair, they want black aesthetics, but they don't want black drama. So now all of a sudden they are trying to cut down Jordan Woods for, I mean, she's a young girl. I say, get what you can. Like, I don't, I don't really, I don't really ever go against a black woman. I feel like everything that they do is, it, there's something just for them in that situation so oh my goodness, thanks. like no seriously like I'm, I'm pro black women and honestly I feel like everything you do is out of survival so if there is some reason even if it is a really small reason like she just wanted to ride in a nice car I really don't care but also it's the Kardashians like who cares about the Kardashians I'm really sorry my phone keeps blowing up this is like can y'all hear that? Yes. Okay sure yeah okay I'm trying to I mean I'm sorry it's um <laughs> It's black girls texting, so I mean, I guess you're getting some texts. <laughs> trying to trying to slow it down right now, but yeah, that's that's just how I feel. I'm gonna leave it on red, but I, you know, again, black women, y'all queens, I, do what you do. Kardashians, <laughs> throw them away. Like, can we have? They should have been thrown away. They should have been canceled. Like everybody canceling all these other people because they're black, but like, can we cancel people that are not black? that are uh, cultural uh, appropriators and stealing everything that we are. Yeah. yeah. And I am super excited for Jordan Woods is supposedly going to be on Red Table Talk. Um, so I'm excited about that for to hear her side of the story because right now we're only hearing their side. Um, okay. Tattoos. Yes. Uh, reply all day. Like, yeah, you're tatted. 
Yeah, super tatted and um, actually doing some more um, very, very soon. I do one at least, one, one or two every month. Um, actually, have a session coming up in March, so I'm really, really excited about that. I'm going to get some, like, neck side face tats, so I'm really excited side for that. Side face? But you have such a good face. I'm not going to do, like, the, the totality of my face. I think it's very important to have a good frontal, you know, clear. <laughs> However, on the side, I want to get text. Nothing crazy. Just, like, kind of just outlining my, my hairline. Because, you know, like, when you get a fade, you can, like, finesse, right? And then mm -hmm. you can grow your hair out. Right now, I don't know what I'm doing with my hair. I have so much hair on my head, so... That is a whole nother situation. But yeah, are we going to reply on that text? Okay. We're going to also need the, like, routine. Like, your hair is and so skincare. poppin'. Oh, man. Thank you so much. Um, my hair, I just use water, coconut oil, um, uh, Shea Moisture products. You know, whoever house I stay over, I, I say, like, <laughs> can I take this with me? You know? And then normally they'd be like, yeah, try it out. Try it out. I try to act like I don't know what I'm doing. So <laughs> if they listen in, my bad. I lied. But yeah, so I steal the product. Because it's expensive. When you, I went into the beauty supply store. It cost me like $40 to buy some conditioner because she got me hooked on this Shea Moisture Curl situation. So nine times out of ten, I'm just using coconut um, oil and water. And then I just let it go. It, it, that's how it flows. It's really, it's really great that way. I'm, you got I'm that blessed. Good green. Good green. You know, I'm still black, though, you know, because uh, historically this this uh, society is fucked up. And, you know, no matter how much uh, mixing was happening, I'm still black because yes. on drop rule. It's America. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Brussels sprouts. Hell yeah. We're going to reply. That's actually <laughs> one of my favorite vegetables. Um, I used to like chef up all the time on my Instagram. I stopped doing that just because like I'm super busy right now. Like I can't. My phone is normally dead when I'm meal prepping, so yeah. We're gonna reply all day to any vegetable because I'm plant based. Brussels sprouts oh. are my shit. Yes, yes. And all you They're gotta do is so so fucking good. All you gotta do is saute them a little coconut oil and then add a little garlic and and you good. And if you wanna make them real popping, put on some hot sauce. Mm, okay. <laughs> okay, have you heard of the young MA Tatiana remix? I actually have not heard it in full i keep seeing a little snippets every time i'm scrolling down my timeline i think it's dumb but i thought the funniest <laughs> thing that happened was when they had oprah getting her hair done and i was just like oh maybe i'll listen to it and then i forgot to listen to it because that's how irrelevant um all of that stuff is to me all right that so. was <laughs> um and there's that what'd you say Shade? i said and there's that <laughs> I don't know. I mean, honestly, speaking of young young MA, honest, if we're gonna talk about it, I like mm -hmm. Saya. Saya is my friend, and not even because like Saya is my friend, but Saya is actually uh, more brilliant than young MA, and that's wait, who's Saya? That's the thing. Okay, so that's the thing, right? Like, there's multiple um, masculine presented women that are in the music industry. Young M.A. is the only one that blew up because of that little song, ooh, oh, ah, whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. um, but Saya's <laughs> been making music for like 20 years. She's been in the game, and she has really, really good music. But again, certain people know her. She was on, um, was it Sisters of, I, I'm sorry, I'm messing it up. It's some hip-hop. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Was she also on The Purge? Correct. Yes. 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 So Saya is also an artist and I, I don't like to, you know, compare and tr contrast people. But in terms of like music that I like, I like Saya. Like I can rock and listen to Saya. Young M.A. is super hood and I'm not hood. So I just feel like <laughs> it, it don't resonate with me. I need some soulful tunes going on. And Saya kind of sing too. So it's a vibe like, yeah, Saya all day. So that's how I'm in that. So we're going to leave that on red. 
Yes. <laughs> All right. So that is the end of our little Spitfire game. But Shade, you want to start us off with the first pregunta? Yes. So I just have to preface this that I kind of stalked you for like an hour last night. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed um, yourself. Yeah. I, I did. That's how I know like all about your hair and all this other shit. Um, but you know, I have to do my research. But for the listeners who might not know, we just want to go through some basic questions. So what is your preferred pronoun? My pr- preferred pronoun is actually my name. So my name double or triples as a name, title, and pronoun. So sir, you can just call me sir. It's easy breezy. And it also um, helps you recognize the divinity that's within me. But I also do he, him, his, you know, if we want to be simple. But then also I am a motherfucking entity. So I also go by they, them, theirs, you know, oh. on special occasions. Oh my God. I'm loving this. Okay. Um, can you talk to us about trans TV and just like, you know, to teach us about that? For sure, for sure. So it's actually called Black Trans TV. Okay. Um, it's a manifestation of my identity and my brother's. So, so we created this uh, two years ago, a little under two years ago. So we started in June 2017 um, as a platform to inform, inspire, and uplift all people to become the best versions of themselves, in particular, black, brown, uh, trans, and gender nonconforming people right um it's been a vital source to help educate people on the black trans experience but you know we're here for all people just because it says black and trans we don't want people to be deterred from tuning in watching following sharing because it says black trans tv this is for all people all messages resonate with all with all humans of all experience we have um cis people we have white people a lot of white people which is very interesting to me because a lot of black people aren't tuning in because i feel like they don't they're leery when it comes to queer trans situations like oh yeah i support you fam but like you're not following it like why are you not following why are you not tuning in like mm. the things i'm talking about is is for everybody and i'm actually you know pushing for um black unity black solidarity um between sexuality and gender identity i think oftentimes it's like these black people are over here you know black cisgender heterosexual people and then you got black trans gender non-conforming queers like oh like we don't understand that so we're just gonna stay away from that oftentimes we like myself i navigate all spaces right but mm-hmm. why is it that black people that are cis and heterosexual cis mean meaning that they are aligned with the sex that they were assigned at birth why are they only in those spaces right like I don't, it's very, very, very uh, few that cross over and just go to any space where they just catch a vibe. Um, And, you know, I'm very appreciative of people that do that, but oftentimes the only people that do that are black cis women, black Mm. cis het women. Um, Black cis het men are very leery of spaces that are queer because they're so um, fragile with their masculinity and worried about how people will see them if they're walking around spaces where there are men in dresses or people that they don't know how to identify them as and it's gonna make them feel away if their dick gets hard. I don't understand, like, you know, listen, like femininity is is some real shit. I mean, there's some beautiful men out there. Even sometimes I'd be like, you know what? It's okay, it's okay to look at them, it's all right. Like, it doesn't make you less a man to, to look um, as someone that is beautiful that might not identify as how um, you think they should, right? But uh, yeah, so that's what we do at Black Trans TV. It's a vibe. We uh, put out videos every single Wednesday on YouTube um, in the morning time, so like 9 a.m. You can always catch a video there on our YouTube at Black Trans TV. Everything is the same um, everywhere. And then IGTV every night on um, Instagram, we post um, myself 
or my business partner post a personal uh, reflective story about something that we personally go through because while together we form Black Trans TV, we're still two different dudes that go through two different things. Like, I'm mm -hmm. not like him, he's not like me. And I think oftentimes people, um, you know, put people together of an experience like okay so if i know a trans person then every trans person is the same it's like no if you know a black person is every black person the same and y'all get really mad when you assume that someone's like the, this or that because they're black nice. right so yeah. it's like why would you assume that someone is the exact same as a trans person or exact same if they're a queer person and every person is going to be different even if they have a, a similar experience so yeah we do a lot of that a lot of that I love that you said that because I watched a couple episodes and I was like, they talk about all this stuff that we're talking about, like long distance relationships, all types of stuff that I was like, it's cool to see your perspective, but I also just felt like I was just chilling with my homies. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, it is a vibe. And, and that's what we try to bring the humanity into our experience. Like I was born black, right? Like mm -hmm. in terms of Gender identity and sexuality, I think that's something that you discover as you evolve and mature into the person that you are, you know? And Chelsea, you know, like, knowing me for a minute, like, I was just me, you know? But yeah. I think for so long, society defined me because of how I look, because of how I love, but I never defined me until I was 26 years old. And I think that's a very important thing is that some people don't, um, who don't align with how they were assigned at birth it takes a little longer to figure themselves out. But when you're in a society where everything has to be in a box, you know, everything has to be categorized um, in order for people to understand you and navigate with you, um, it really it really slows the process down. So I, for so long, was just like, okay, I guess this is who I am because I love women. Like, okay, I'm a lesbian. Like, no, that, that never resonated with me. But I went along with it because I was just like, well, I don't know what else to do because these people don't want to be around me and then these people want to be around me. So I guess I'll go to these places because mm -hmm. these are my people, but I don't even feel like these are my people. And, and honestly, like I'm in those spaces and the people are giving me side eyes. They're jealous of me. They don't, they want to look like me. They want the girls that I'm with, but the girls know that I don't identify as them, but these are just the safe spaces, right? That mm -hmm. we can go to um, without being ridiculed on a crazy level. So yeah, I don't know. It's like, it's just, it's, it's, it's been a life. It's been a life, but I'm blessed for the journey. You know, I'm happy to be where I am, in, I am today. Um, but yeah, I, I just started identifying. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a little baby out here, you know? But it's, it's been a blessing because um, now I can help others uh, to hopefully navigate their lives a, a lot earlier so that they can you know, bring their brilliance to the world um, sooner. Yeah, I think that's super interesting because I feel like so many of us just, like, go through the motions and, like, live how we're quote unquote supposed to live or live the lives we're supposed to live like we just spoke to this girl who moved to paris and she spoke about how she didn't know herself until she had that experience of moving to paris she learned mm. herself yeah. so like i don't know i feel like that's a good point like taking the time to to learn yourself and yeah and we could all benefit from that trans or not for sure, yeah. I mean, being trans is just one one piece of my pie, right? I think mm -hmm. every human has a pie, and it has a multiplicity of identities 
um, that make up that one person, right? So like you can be tall, you can be short, you can be long haired, you can have tattoos. Like there's so many different adjectives that make up a person. So like if you're gonna describe me when I walk in the room, please call me brilliant. You know what I'm saying? Don't call me trans. Like I feel like right. honestly, a lot of people say trans because it's like you're trying to say that I'm less a man. Don't call me a trans man. I'm not a trans man. I am a man of black experience. I'm a man of you know brilliance. I'm a man, and then blah 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 blah. But you can also say that I am a man of trans experience. But like honestly, that's the last thing that you need to know. <laughs> like seriously, like it, it's really not. It doesn't hold value for me at all. It, it holds value for others trying to get to know me, but it really doesn't hold value for me. But if you need to like really, really get to know me, it's not like a major thing that you need to get because I'm not, I don't exist for people to understand me. Mm -hmm. I exist for me to just live my best life. I'm just elevating to the, the my highest frequency and I never want anyone to understand me. The, my purpose of, of living and breathing and talking and sharing my story is not for people to understand, but it's for people to respect the fact that I am a human, that mm -hmm. I you know I don't have a mental disorder because I think a lot of people think that's a thing too. Like I, I never did therapy. Like I've naturally evolved into a man. Like this is, this is possible, this has been possible. I think oftentimes people have to seek therapy and things like that because society for so long has told them that they can't exist in the natural way that they were created. No one is created um, to suffer. Everyone's created to excel. But when you create mm -hmm. systems where people feel like they have to fit in these boxes and they don't fit in the box, then naturally they're going to be sad. They're going to be depressed. They're going to kill themselves, right? So if we could, if we just change the narrative, if we dismantle the systems, then more people could be happy and just thrive. But I think oftentimes the people that created these systems, we are we know as black people, right, that they created these systems so that we can stay oppressed. And within that oppression means the stripping of our ancestral heritage. Our our you know we didn't exist with the binary in Africa. There was no such thing. It was who can and who cannot. You, you get it done. There were uh, female kings, but, you know, they, they very well could have been uh, men of trans experience, you know, and mm -hmm. we don't know because we didn't have this language. And this language is, is um, white supremacist language, patriarchal language, because they want to other us. But yeah. I don't know. I could go on about it. Hold but, on. Yeah. Damn. No, that like, was amazing. That was everything. And there's so many things I want to touch on in, in regards to that. Like, when you say how you describe me, like, describe me as brilliant. I just thought about that. Like, cisgender people could walk in a room and no one's going to be like, they are cisgender <laughs> right, or right. they're heterosexual. And it's like, why is there such an obsession with defining a person like that? I mean, if that's a really important part of your identity, then of course. But, like, you're so right. We're, like, weirdly obsessed with these, like, the boxes and having a way to identify people. And it's like, just let people be people. Correct. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that's it. That's all it is, really. It's like I am and uh, you can call me by my name. Um, you can call me by my credentials. You can call me by so many different things. But the way that I see my yes, credentials, <laughs> I got I got a lot of them. You know, <laughs> let's just <laughs> let's just keep it a buck because I'm 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 so brilliant. It, it's often uh, funny because other people want to try to juxtapose their identity like, well, you know, I was assigned male at birth and like I have a penis and, and I and I deal with women. I'm like, OK, that's awesome. You have all this and you still have nothing to prove of yourself. 
like nothing to prove of yourself, but I have everything to prove of myself. And that's because I, my foundational element of my humanity has always been my education. Um, my curiosity leads me to more knowledge. Um, my mother, you know, um, made sure that I was always reading. I'm an avid reader. I've already read five books this year. Um, yeah, I'm working on my own wow. book. Like I'm like the, the, the thing is like, you cannot stop brilliance and that is something that i focus on I, and, and if i were to define myself by what everyone else in society define me by then i would feel less than but if anything i feel like being trans is um a level up i get a little bit more uh, magic within me and i do feel closer to god because i understand that these boxes these binaries these uh social constructs um are only restrictions for those who want to stay mediocre, you know what I mean. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not mediocre at all. I'll never, I'll never be that. Yeah. Uh, wow, <laughs> you're incredible. But um, I just want to touch on the fact that I know your father is religious, right? He is a preacher or pastor. Yeah, yeah. He was a reverend. Yes. A reverend. Yes. yes. Um, how has that been? Um, for you like being a part of I'm, I'm, a, I'm a christian person myself and um i do recognize that sometimes people in my community can be closed off oh yeah and judgmental and hurtful mm -hmm. um can you speak to that experience at all oh yeah for sure um well you know growing up i was in the church pretty much every single day um unless i was playing basketball which was man, my saving grace, because I got to get out of those stupid little outfits and just be <laughs> me. So that was that was a blessing. Um, my, my, my parents have always embedded love um, in me. Um, even when they didn't understand, they for so long just thought that me dating women was a phase and something that I would get over with. So they didn't really like stress it at all. Um, there did come a point where it was like, okay, like, this isn't stopping, so now you're gonna have to read the Bible. And so I used to have to sit down and read the Bible verses that were supposedly for me to feel like I was abomination and that I need to stop doing this or God would kill me. So there was a point where I was like, well, I'll just kill myself. So I was mm -hmm. suicidal for a bit. And then I was just like, you know, why am I gonna kill myself? If they say what, they, what, if what my parents are saying is true, then God's gonna kill me anyway. So I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing. God <laughs> hasn't killed me yet. So obviously I'm good and I just keep winning. So I, I don't know. I really, I'm, I'm off that. But um, <laughs> my father was, a, I was estranged with my father for about five years. We just resumed communication. Um, that was because of the divorce that he got with my mother. Um, not because of my identity. Um, when he did uh, step back into my life via minimal communication, um, I let him know, like, you know, what was new. Because he was like, hey, what's what's going on? Uh, your voice sounds different. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, I guess it's been a long time. And I'm like, yeah, something like that. And then he's just like, well, what's new? I was like, oh, I have a beard. And he's like, oh, wow. He's like, you know, your dad. Because he talks about himself in third person. He's like, well, your dad doesn't have a beard. And, you know, I'm still working on it. And I'm like, okay. So I'm thinking that he got it from that, but no, we're still talking. And then um, he was, my sister had spoken to him and she used they, them pronouns for me. So he was like, she said that they would contact you. And I'm sitting there thinking like, dang, did you get married? And I'm like, what? 
And then I realized that he thought they was a grouping, like a pairing more than <laughs> one person. And I was just like, oh, okay. So I just was like, hey, listen, like, so I identify um, as a man. And um, so my pronouns are he, him, but I also go by they, them. So that's why Australia used him because she wasn't sure if you would be receptive to he, him pronouns. Um, and he was just like, okay, cool. How do you feel? And I was like, I feel good. And I really don't think that he was in a place to um, – reject me because he hadn't been in my life for five years which was a blessing of sorts so um he was just like you know what super welcoming and um telling me that he he was happy that I was happy and that he supports me um and he wanted a son so he got his son wow yeah um yeah I, I I'm blessed but I do think the the being estranged for five years uh really helped him you know be more loving and and um just see me as me but I I feel like he always knew he always knew um because I I used to tell them because my sister is a lesbian backstory for those who don't know my sister's a lesbian and um I always used to tell my mom and my dad I'm not like her um mm -hmm. I didn't have the language I didn't know what to say but I just knew I wasn't like her and it really infuriated me when um you know originally when she decided to come out because I was just like oh great so now they're gonna think that I made you this way and I'm not even like you so I don't even know what to do with you and now you know everything is just like oh you're trying to be like you know but and it's just like this isn't my fault you know but I, I did feel like they they looked at me like I did something Mm -hmm. Um, like it was my fault. And I'm like, this is y'all DNA. Y'all did this mixing. This is y'all <laughs> DNA. So if anything, y'all got some queer things going on with y'all. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, like I just made sure that I always told them that I was not like her. That's the only language that I had. It wasn't until I moved to New York, um, in 2010, where I started to be more in like the queer community and, um, things like that. And I met some trans men and I was like, all right, cool. Definitely not me. And when I saw them scars, I was like, not happening. Like, who wants those? Like, I personally, I'm big on aesthetics. You know what I'm saying? Beauty is my number one thing. So, <laughs> and I'm never going to lose that no matter how masculine I get, you feel me? But um, I was like, them scars are not something that I desired. So I was like, nah, nah. If you got to do that, I don't want to do it. But then I realized that you, you could do whatever you wanted. So I started, because I, I already identified as male, but I guess I was just scared of like the requirements that I thought that, that went along with this um, identification. Mm -hmm. um, I thought that you had to do something, and that is a fallacy that I definitely always push out um, on my, my channel, Black Trans TV, is that you don't have to do anything. If a person says that they're male and you don't see that, that's just your perspective, right? Their identity doesn't have to align with your perspective. Um, they can be a man and not look like what you think is a man. Um, and that's completely okay. So I, that's what I did. I, I started to navigate as male without doing anything. Um, just making sure that this is how I wanted to socialize. And I was very comfortable. And I think because of my confidence, I know because of my confidence, yeah, people just are super receptive and loving of me. I haven't had any problems at all. Um, but yeah, I know we talk about my dad and religion and stuff like that. But also back to religion, um, I oftentimes feel like Christians utilize the Bible as a means to um, oppress their own people. Um, and mm -hmm. that's that's the thing that really bothers me is because I do believe that organized religion for some people is essential to their being. Um, however, I don't think it is it's right to, especially Christianity, to utilize something that was created to oppress you 
So the Bible was used back in the day um, to justify slavery. And now black mm -hmm. people are utilizing the Bible to justify um, oppressing trans, gender nonconforming, queer people. And Please say that again. Yeah. Just for the people in the back that can't hear. I knew Sade was going to come off her mic. <laughs> well, <laughs> she is the anti-Christian. Well, the thing is, it's like Christianity is the only religion that really bothers me, but it's the only religion that pe black people love so much. It's like, how can you love your oppressor's religion? Like, how can you follow and read a book and say, I'm going to live my life by this book that oppressed my people for over 400 years and now i'm going to use this book to oppress my own people because they're not living by the law of the lord when the law of the lord quote unquote according to white supremacists says that you should still be slaves i i don't know it just it worries me it really does because oftentimes when people want to talk to me they're like well you know god created you as you were and you should stay that way and i'm like well god created me to be the best version of myself and i'm navigating at my highest frequency i keep winning so i really <laughs> don't see the problem in me doing something if it benefits me and it doesn't hurt anybody else because at the end of the day my decisions my personal decisions how i eat how i sleep how i fuck sure. how i work out um what i stick it in my thigh you know every week whatever i have to do <laughs> if i have to do a surgery if this helps me elevate uh mentally emotionally and spiritually and then my physical is just moving in alignment with that then it needs to be done. It is non-negotiable, it is necessary, and no one in their right mind can tell me what, what I'm doing is wrong. Um, I mean, even my mother, you know, she loves me so much. She doesn't care how I identify. She just was worried that I might die after surgery. You mm -hmm. feel me? Um, I think that people have to understand that there's a difference. You can be worried, generally worried about people doing things to themselves, but you cannot say, you cannot do that because the Bible says so, or you cannot do that because I don't like it or it terrifies me. But guess what? You don't have to do what I do. But a lot of people come to me and say that I have inspired them to be better cisgender heterosexual people. Mm -hmm. Like, wow. Because at the end of the day, it's a human experience, right? Like my human experience is different than yours, but everyone's human experience is different than yours. You can have four cisgender heterosexual black people, um, all men, right? And they'll all be different. Do the same for women, all be different. I think that oftentimes people think that just because you have a particular experience that you're gonna be the same, or um, I don't know, it's nothing negative about living your best life. Right. Or four Christians could all be different because I'm Christian and I'm oh, I know. for you. You're, well, you're a good person. Yeah, I'm not saying, I, it's definitely not a <laughs> no, totality I know, thing. I yeah, I don't believe in absolutists, um, yes. uh, things like that. But I, I, I have love for everybody, even if people don't have love for me. But I yeah. do know my history because I read, I read, I read, I find out my answers, and then I speak um, um, with knowing what I say is the truth. Um, and that is, yeah. that is it. So I speak facts. I don't speak out of opinion. I think oftentimes people think like, oh, because I am all that I am, that I'm speaking with opinion. Like, well, yeah, I do have an experience that I live every single day. But at the same time, when I speak, it's literal facts. Like, I'm not just... Uh, speaking from me, I'm speaking for like 10 million people um, that that are living like me every single day. But I know there are good people um, of every creed, of every experience. You know, mm -hmm. I don't um, I don't love white supremacy, but I love some white people. 
And I think that that is a different distinction and people need to be very clear with that. Because when I say that I'm pro-black, that does not mean I'm Mm -hmm. anti-white. When I say kill the white supremacists, when I say that white supremacy needs to be dismantled, patriarchy needs to be dismantled, that doesn't mean that I don't have love for white people. But I do need white people to stand up in their power, in their privilege, and do the work so that all people can be free. Because a lot of white people out here sitting on their ass talking about, wow, it's a shame that black people are dying and I just wish I could help. Give me your money. If the least you can do is give me your money because I know what to do with it. You understand? Like, that, that's the least you can do. But I, I, I just wish that everybody was doing the work to better this world because that's, that's how we change this world. But it all starts within. You know, what I'm doing for me starts within. I'm answering my soul's cry to be a better person. And um, that means being a better man. Yeah. I, I want to shout out your cash app. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout it out. They could drop drop some money. Pay, pay me at uh, Cash App. That's a uh, dollar sign. The Great Night. Um, and then Venmo is Sir, uh, your little dash Knight. And then a uh, PayPal is Black Trans Television at Gmail dot com. I also have a GoFundMe link over yes. at Black Trans TV. So um, we got the Black Royal Productions fundraisers going on right now. Um, that's always and forever. Um, in the link in the bio at Black Trans TV. So you can pay me in a multitude of ways. And um, I also have Bank of America. Um, so if you need that, <laughs> I got you on that. Yeah. Hit, them, hit, hit you with the Zell. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, oh, my God. You said so many, so many things that I have a few questions about. I'm going to try to be fast because I'm watching the time and we respect your time. Um, one thing is you mentioned, like, being black and that part of your identity a lot. And I know, mm-hmm. like, Shade myself and Glenn talk about being black women and how for us we're like black first women yes. second yes do you do you feel the same way or a similar way like black comes first oh yeah I mean like I said I'm born black right uh, and when I walk down the street people see black they don't mm-hmm. see trans they don't see you know what's between my legs they don't see none of that when I get yeah. arrested I'm arrested as a black man I have the possibility of getting shot you know my mother calls me like crazy. I'm surprised she didn't call me because I think that's because I told her not to call me right now. But um, <laughs> she calls me and she's just like, baby, you okay? I, you know, because now she's recognizing that the world sees me as a black man. So I'm at, I, I'm more at risk of being killed. You know, I'm, I'm more at risk of, of violence against me simply because of my identity. But my identity is what is keeping me alive, but it also has the ability to kill me. So yeah, mm. I, I do... Um, and that's why I push for um, black unity so much, because at the end of the day, black is black, right? Mm-hmm. Um, black comes in a multitude of flavors um, and multitude of identities. And I think that we need to re- start respecting uh, black difference. And we need to start reading our history books so that we can understand um, where blackness came from. Because we might not know where we're from in Africa, but we do know for sure that uh, black people didn't live by a binary. Africans don't live by a binary. And there should just be more love for trans, uh, queer, gender nonconforming, non-binary black folks because they're still black at the end of the day. Right. I totally agree. Also, you said something about like you didn't have the language when you were younger to really explain how you were feeling. And I used to teach and I think I shared with you a lesson plan that I did, but about um, gender identity. How early do you think we should expose children to these identities and, like, explain it to them? I think 
as early as possible, right? Like, um, I mean, you learn your ABCs. I think that you should know, because at that time, when you're like four or five, and you know that mommy and daddy have sex and make babies, but you don't even know what sex is necessarily, but you know that a baby gets in mommy's belly, right? Um, but then there's also kids that have two mommies and two dads, and the kids are seeing and aware of that. Um, I don't think that it's a crime to bring awareness to children about uh, different identities, different sexualities. Um, they don't, obviously, they're not going to explore it. But in the same breath, I feel like people are so concerned with kids learning the truth, right? Um, but, for example, with Valentine's Day, mm -hmm. um, oh, Susie, you, you got a boyfriend, but Susie can't like uh, Kimmy. Like, that's a problem. Oh, no, Susie. Susie doesn't like girls. They're just best friends. That's her That's her girlfriend. Like, her girl, a girl that's a friend, but not a girlfriend. You know what I mean? Uh, she can't be sexualized in that way, but she can be sexualized in the sense that she has a boyfriend. And I think that that's something we need to think about. Like, we sexualize children so much when it comes to being heterosexual, but the moment that you slap queerness on a kid, it's like, oh, my, why are you, why are you putting sex on my kid? Like, I don't appreciate that. Like, Cause I, all the time when I'm with my friends that have kids, cause you know, we at that age and everything, I'm like, oh, but what if he likes boys? And oh, I don't want to think about that. Why don't, why don't you want to think about that? And we need to have a conversation because there's a possibility that your kid might not be heterosexual and you need to prepare yourself to give love despite um, the choices that he makes that is best for him or her, you know? And I think that it's never too early to expose kids to the possibilities. Cause if I would have known at man, four or five that, a little girl could grow up to be a man. That would have changed my whole world, seriously. Because then, honestly, I could have done hormone blockers. My mom could have, you know, been helpful. My dad could have been helpful. It just could have been a real loving time, you know, instead of me thinking that I need to kill myself or mm -hmm. um, not exist because I was feeling different and, and I couldn't do anything to change it. So the only way out was death. Um, so I do think that it's important to share the information you don't have to get in deep to detail you know it's like when you share like a house like a, a house or a family structure you can say there's a mom there's a dad there's a baby and there's a dog right but you could also say there's a mom and a mom a baby and a dog it could be also be a dad and dad a baby and a dog kids don't need the, the details they just need to know that it, it's a possibility because um when you're kids your imagination is crazy um mm -hmm. so you you already see yourself as an adult you, you know, you start thinking about how I'm going to be because it's like everybody's always like, who do you want to become when you get older? What do you want to be when you grow up? So people, so kids are already thinking about um, growing up in adulthood. So while you don't have to give them the details of what adulthood um, um, inhabits, because I didn't know that you had to pay taxes. That's absolutely ridiculous. I just thought you got a job and you made all the money and you, you was balling. So, you know, I think that the, the visions of uh, possibilities should be presented. Um, as young as four or five. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't hurt because you just never know what direction people are going to go. And just because they are aware of the information, that doesn't mean that it's going to turn them queer or make them trans. Like, that's Not absolutely ridiculous. I was a teacher, I know. That's absolutely ridiculous. Like, yeah. do I, even as a person of trans experience, I don't want to have to do what I do to make me feel better. You feel mm -hmm. me? And I think that that's something that people don't think about. They think that everybody's like, oh, joy, joy, I stick a needle in my thigh every week. No, that is not something that I enjoy, but the, the medicine, the testosterone makes me feel um, good and calm and aligned. And so I do it. I push through the pain because I know there's beauty on the other side. So, yeah, I hope that answers your question. Yeah. 
No, it definitely does. So I know we don't have you for the rest of the evening because I could go on another number of questions, but I want to know your thoughts on like toxic masculinity mm. within some of the trans male world. Like I think Chelsea was kind of hinting at it with the young MA, Tatiana, the whole like she talks about women like they're trash. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I need to look it up. I'm about to look at the lyrics right now. Um, let's see. In terms of toxic masculinity, it, it's it's a tough one, right? So we could talk about it from multiple lenses. Um, as a black person, let's stick there because that's that's the basis of um this podcast and things like that. So black men uh are at the bottom of the total pole of patriarchy, right? Mm -hmm. um, white supremacy created um, patriarchy, which is another system to make sure that white, cis, heterosexual men stay at the top. Now, black, black, cis, heterosexual men are always fighting for that same crown that they're never gonna get. So they want to exhibit behaviors to assume that position. However, within the system, being a black, cis, heterosexual man, you are a threat to everybody in society. So I think oftentimes people just play into the stereotypes and that's where toxicity breeds, right? So like, I'm a black man, so I gotta be strong. I gotta have mad bitches. I gotta, you know, um, you know, I'm gonna ha have all these kids. I'm not even gonna take care of them because, you know, that's expected. That's okay for me to do. Um, um, I don't ever have to grow up. I don't have to mature. Like there's, I, it's it's tough like in terms of the the because the, it's masculinity and then there's toxicity and then when you put them together and then you put them in blackness it's like so it's like four different levels um mm -hmm. my my worry though is that because we haven't unified as a people that we won't be able to understand the severity of toxic masculinity on our people in totality right so for example we could talk about r kelly so r kelly has been hurting and harming black little girls for decades, right? Now, his number one supporters are black, cis, hetero women, right? Yeah. Up until this day, I have been seeing black, cis, hetero women listening, playing, um, watching R. Kelly videos. And videos. now I, I, it worries me because it's like this, this um, R. Kelly situation is not new, right? It's embedded within a lot of familial structures, um, and, and um, black communities where the black man is able to do whatever he wants because no one's gonna check him. Because who can check him? Not even other black men. Because if, you do, if you're a good black man who tries to check a toxic black man, black man then you're automatically called negative names and um, emasculated, you know what I mean? So um, it's, um, it's like the pot is always brewing of, with, with toxic masculinity in the black community, but the way that we can dismantle that is by teaching people the truth of what it means to be a man and then what it means to be masculine or a proper uh, version of masculinity. Because oftentimes people think that to be a man, you must be masculine, where the toxicity is um, uh, prevalent, right? Because not every man is masculine. But if a man is black and he's not masculine, then he is automatically a faggot, a bitch, a pussy, um, less than a man because he doesn't align with what people think a man should be. And I think that that's something that we need to think about too. So for me personally, toxic masculinity is a sickness um, and it is killing 
black people, in particular black women. Um, it's something that black men need to do better with doing. And as a black man myself, I make sure that I stand in my privilege and utilize my voice to speak up on the injustices that happen to black women, but it also trickles down to black queer people, black trans people, um, and, and the list goes on and on. And I don't know, I, I don't know all the answers, but I do know that we have to separate the identity of man and masculinity, and we have mm -hmm. to redefine them. So a man is a person who is mature enough to, to, to take care of his responsibilities. That's it. It has nothing to do with the genitalia. It has nothing to do with the beard. It has nothing to do with muscle mass, right? And masculinity is an energy that um, any human can inhabit because a lot of women are masculine. Some men are feminine, right? But masculinity is an energy that oftentimes men inhabit, but other people can inhabit as well to exude attributes to um, such as like, okay, so masculine can look like this, but it can feel like this too. It, it, but it's a multitude of identities, a spectrum of masculinity, right? It is not one way to be um, masculine, but it's also not one way to be a man. But you, as you see, my definition of a man was very vague and very general. Mm -hmm. um, toxicity is killing us. I'm looking at these lyrics right now. Um, that's why I slowed down a little bit. Um, Bust it down, Tatiana. It just confuses me because Caitlyn Jenner, we see how she behaves and she's super right winged, but it makes sense to me because she spent a lot of her life being a privileged white man. But when you are in the queer community as a black woman in, in Young Amaze case or a trans man, and you've had the experience of, you know, being a black woman, why would you then talk about black women like shit? It just yeah. confuses me. I, I it just it just it, it worries me. Um, but also let's think about it from that perspective of what I said before. So masculinity is an energy that anyone can inhabit. Yeah. So young MA is a masculine woman. And, mm -hmm. and and while her gender identity is is a woman, she is masculine and she takes on the attributes of um, toxic masculinity because her energy is masculine and because she doesn't want to redefine what masculinity means, if that makes sense. Um, she's just falling in line of like, this is cool. Um, I get bitches, I get pussy, so it is what it is and that's who I am. And she's not trying to redefine or be or evolve into a better masculine woman. She just wants to be the stereotype because she's getting likes, she's getting views. Um, she a shorty though. I can't lie. I know. I'm like I very attracted to her. <laughs> yeah, too. I feel like a lot of people are, but it's like, is that the type? And that's the problem too, right? So right, people is... are attracted to toxic masculinity, <laughs> even though they is. don't want it. Yeah, at the same time, it's like you don't want it, but then you want it, and it's like, but what do you really, what do you really need? And I think that's when we need to dial back and say, mm -hmm. like, who am I? What do I need? What do I want? What I desire? And that can start checking people real quickly. And people will, especially black men, they'd be like, all right, cool. I'm not, I'm going to have to uh, step it up. You know, I can't, I can't act in these manners. But I think oftentimes uh, a lot of women don't, um, they don't want something, but then they don't do anything to eradicate the behaviors. They, they actually um, enable it. Um, mm -hmm. Not saying that it's on black women, not saying it's on no, black women. No, but that's women. true. Yeah. And I like that you said earlier in the conversation that, a lot of cisgender men and women have learned a lot 
from you. Like, I feel like just now I'm like, oh, wow, like rethinking how I just think overall because one thing I do appreciate is that you're very open and honest. Like, I think about how afraid white people sometimes are to ask black people about certain things. Yes. Certain things are very Googleable. But, you know, when I have white friends <laughs> that are like, keep it 100 on me, like, okay, wait, I would love for you to explain X, Y, Z to me. And it just helps them see things better. Like, I'm really appreciative for being really honest and frank with us because there's just certain things I would never even thought of. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, too, is that we must separate energy from gender. Um, and um, I'm glad that you brought up Young and May because oftentimes people don't realize that um, that that important nuance of the fact that like masculinity can be placed on anybody. So therefore, toxic masculinity can inhabit anyone. I'm gonna keep it all the way above with y'all. I mean, I haven't always been a good man, you know. Um, growing up, I played into it because I'm what I'm light skinned I got nice hair. I got mad girls. So like, of course, I was out there running the streets and I was doing whatever I wanted to do, not respecting myself so that I wasn't respecting anybody else. And um, why, why, no one could check me. Like, <laughs> no one could check me. It was like, I'm gonna do what I wanna do because if you're not gonna deal with it, someone else is gonna deal with it. And that's and that's that's what I'm saying. The problem yeah. is, it's like, um, you already know that if one person is gonna try to check you on it, you're gonna be like, all right, cool, you tripping. I'm gonna go somewhere else. And she gonna make me pancakes and we gonna have sex and she ain't gonna say nothing about how I act because she just want me around. Um, so I don't know, toxic masculinity is gonna take a long time to churn out, but I never blame my people for it because again, especially in America, the infrastructure of the society, the system has been created so that we can suffer and um, never make it to the top, right? So white supremacy is the problem. Patriarchy is the problem. Um, and from that comes toxic masculinity. But oftentimes I just think it's my brothers just trying to raise up and trying to get where the white man is. Um, but you can't move like them, bro. Like you can't. The system is not created for you to move like them. And then when you treat our women bad, you know, and then you support R. Kelly, too, like, oh, you know, I like him young. Because, like, that's the thing, too. For so long, it's like everybody want a young girl. You know, like, that was cute. Like, how old is she? Oh, she just turned 18, man. Oh, word? Yeah. <laughs> we, we just smashed because it's her birthday. And it's just like, y'all was definitely smashing when she was 17. But we're not talking about that. But we all know what it is. It's like, he's so happy that she's 18 because now they can go public with it. And that's how dudes talk. Like, that's that's some real shit that happens. It doesn't matter how old you are. So, like, this R. Kelly situation, and, I, and I, as much as I don't want to, like, give his name clout, but it's important to talk about because I think people have, like, I don't want it to, you know, be brushed under the rug, right? Um in our communities every single day there's there's opportunities for us to check each other like no nah, that's not cool man so you know whatever comes with that comes with it but i'm gonna always put my foot out there and, and make sure that my brothers are doing better and that my, my sisters are okay and if i don't check my brothers then my sisters are not okay you, you feel what i'm saying so it's like there's no way that i can um not say anything if if one of my brothers are doing something that's not right damn well thank you we we need you to uh have our backs because some of these you know, men don't know how to act. I don't know. They, they don't. Do. <laughs> but you got the whip. You got the power. And that's what I, right. I, I need you all to remember that. Like, you have the power to um, to, 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 to create change, for sure, you know. Um, I know that there's been some special women in my life who really 
had me sitting in the corner of my room like, all right, bet I need to do better. You know, like I'm gonna lose her. Like what, what what's life gonna be? Like, of course life goes on, but you know, sometimes it does take that one woman who's just like, I'm not gonna take this and just walks out. And that's happened to me a couple of times. And I'm like, wow. And I was a good woman. And now I'm sitting here dealing with these women who don't love themselves, so they don't care how I treat them. Um, and, you know, that's not that's not cool either. Um, but I don't know. It starts with self-love. But our, as a community, we got to do better personally, you know? I, I, I honestly think that's a cure to everything. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't be Black girls texting without us getting a little messy. Oh. Mm-hmm. You going to talk about that bio? <laughs> Speaking of, mm-hmm. you know, your dealings with different ladies, yes. you say you was on some fuck shit and, yeah. you know, you getting better. Yeah. I see that you are sober and single. Yes, yes. Um, so I get the sober, <laughs> but give us some more on the single. All right. So I'm single by choice. Um, however, I'm polyamorous and I believe in open love and relationships. Mm-hmm. So... I was dating someone for two years, uh, about a year ago. We've been broken up for about a year, but you know, that's still, still, she's very, very important to me. Um, but uh, distance called for a, a change in this, this scenario. But I do believe in love being free and open and that no one should determine how you move, right? So if I'm in a relationship with you, I'm going to keep it open and honest with you. I'm always going to communicate what's going on. You might not know when I'm having sex unless you want to know that I'm having sex. You may not know that I'm going on a date unless you want to know. So these are things, uh, boundaries that you have to set with your partner um, prior to getting in a relationship. Um, yeah, so I do that openly, honestly. I communicate. I'm very, very brutally honest. Um, but I think that's very, very important, uh, especially when you navigate how I navigate. Um, and I'm also polyamorous, so I've been in love with like three people at, at one time at one point in my life, um, and yeah, life is great. But I'm I'm single. Wait, so there's never one that you love more or the most? I think we love different things from people. Um, mm-hmm. Like I'm a whole person, and I love myself completely. I think I love myself the most, um, and I choose <laughs> to engage with people who can understand that. Um, So I want you to love yourself a lot. I don't want you to need me. I want you to want to hang out with me, but I don't need you to blow up my phone. I don't need you to, as um, you can recall, when we started this uh, podcast, my phone was blowing up and that was somebody that I'm dealing with. And I told them, do not text. And they did not text. And, you know, and I think that it's just like being clear with things like I can't talk right now. You cannot have my time. You cannot get my energy. Um, You cannot demand of my time. Um, when we are both aligned and it works out, we can hang out and spend time together. But otherwise, go about your life and enjoy it. I'm going to go about my life and I'm going to enjoy it. And then when we come together, we can have brilliant conversation and vibe with each other. Now, one rule that I do have, because it could get messy if I didn't have boundaries set up um, so that it could be brilliant because my life is amazing. Um I make sure that when I'm with that person, I'm with that person. So I'm not on my phone texting anybody else. 
Um, there's no disrespect going on. And I think that that's something that needs to be a, a clear boundary that happens. Like, put your phone away. If I'm on my phone, I'm on Instagram, and I, I'm very clear about it. Like, this is business, and they can't even look over my shoulder. Like, I'm not trying to hide or, like, shield the screen or turn down the light or nothing like that. Like, all right, cool, I got to get to these emails. Being very clear about what I'm doing on my phone um, and intentionally putting it down, putting it away so I can vibe with them. Um, I actually was uh, – oh, someone else. Oh, oh. <laughs> that's actually actually business right there um but yeah so i make sure that people know what's going on so for example i went to la a, a lot last year and that's going to resume uh, pretty soon so my main lover here she was like i know you're gonna go over and see this girl blah 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 and i was like yeah i'm actually gonna go stay with her and i'm gonna have a good time like you already know what it is, but that doesn't take away how I feel for you. And I need, to, I need you to be very clear because that's the thing is I'm open and I'm poly. Nine times out of ten, the people that I'm dealing with, they, they don't adhere to that policy, but they respect the fact that this is how I move. So they sometimes have their little moments, you know, where I know that they're feeling away. But I make it very, very clear. This is what you chose to do. So if you wanted to, if you want to navigate and move with me, you got to deal with it or you don't got to deal with it. Like, I'm not holding nobody hostage. You feel me? Like, I got options. You know, everybody got options. I do believe in that. Um, I'm never going to be like, oh, I need this one person to stay by my side. No, fuck all that. No. So, yeah, just cl clear boundaries. Um, it's been good, though. It's been really good. I got about, like, five lovers right now. And um, it's going really smoothly. Yep. So, as a um, jealous Caribbean woman, um, <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. What is the difference between that and being a fuckboy? So the difference is being a fuckboy does not take responsibility in his actions. And mm -hmm. he doesn't say um, what he's doing, when he's doing it, and why he's doing it. Right? He, he just does what he wants to do. It's self-serving. Mm -hmm. So what I'm doing is actually an act of love for myself, but I'm actually loving you through the process by letting you know how I'm feeling, why I'm doing, and what I'm doing, if that makes sense. Um, so when I was a fuckboy, I, I actually was dating a crazy Caribbean woman, um, <laughs> and I was lying to her about where I was going. Um, she had psychic powers. She knew where I was. <laughs> she pulled up, she found me, she dragged me out, uh, she beat me, and then we go home, and then, that's it. And we kept doing this. We did this for she five years. Yes, yeah, she beat me. She was she was uh <laughs> she was great though. She was very beautiful, you know. Had to keep up the facade. And that's what I did. You know, I did it for the gram. I had to keep up the facade, but um I wasn't being honest. And honestly, I think that if I was a little bit more honest with her, it wouldn't have been such a bad relationship. But then again, you also have to be equally yoked. And she wasn't the woman for me. So while me being a fuck nigga and dealing with somebody I wasn't equally yoked with, yeah, it's not going to go nowhere. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I already knew that. She knew what it was. You know, we kind of signed up to just be a, a facade for Instagram at, at the last three years um, just to run, it, run its course. But that's the difference to me. So a fuck, fuck boy is someone who does not say, listen, this is who I am. This is what I like to do. Um, a grown man who is open and poly says, this is what I like, this is what I want to do, and you have a choice, and I'm not going to keep you here. So, yeah. Damn, I feel you on a lot of that, because I'm like, when Chelsea asked, oh, like, did you ever like someone more? I'm like, I've been in so many situations where I've been 
in a committed relationship, but I was so attracted to other people and we just vibed on like different levels. But like, I felt like, oh, well, I can't talk to these other people because I'm in a committed situation with this one person. You're also pretty masculine. I was thinking that. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I think I have that masculine energy. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that that's beautiful that you acknowledge that, right? While still identifying strongly as a woman. Um, and that's the beauty of it. When we start talking about identity and a person like me comes in the room and I start throwing out definitions and start making people think and open their minds to the world of possibilities, it's like, okay, cool. Maybe I don't align 100% mm-hmm. because a lot of women who are cisgender and heterosexual do not align with femininity 100%. Like, I mean, you wear pants, you automatically got to strike against that. You feel me? Like, <laughs> you, you wear dresses every day, you wear dresses to sleep. Like, it, it, this is something that's absolutely ridiculous, but this is the ideology around... <laughs> but, <laughs> but this is the ideology when it comes to femininity and womanhood. So, like, you know, talking to my mom about um, womanhood and femininity, she's like, you know, I'm very masculine myself, so it's, it's really cool that you mentioned that. Yeah. Um, Shade, do you have a question? I have a few, but... I, I've been dominating. I, I have so many. I just, I guess we'll kind of shift gears here because okay. I'm like, damn, now I want to talk to you about my relationships and polyamory, but whatever. Um, yeah. We can take that offline. Yeah, but. <laughs> um, I just want to know how you feel go forward. I mean, okay, we got 45 is just trash. So let's, we're just going to throw him all yes. over. Yes. Um, but <laughs> how you feel overall, I guess, as like a society, we are growing in terms of meeting the needs of the trans community, if at all. Um, or, or all disenfranchised communities, you know? For sure, yeah, because I'm everything. Um, yeah. I think having 45 as president is evidence that the society doesn't care about black people, the society doesn't care about black queer people, that society doesn't care about black trans people. Um, I think that's women. very- Yeah, women. Yeah, I, I think that's very evident because 45 is president. Um, mm-hmm. I do think that people are starting to learn more, um, uh, to push themselves out of their comfort zones. Um, people are tuning in all the time to black trans TV who do not identify as I do, who do not identify as black, who do not identify as trans, who are, you know, learning so much and sharing this uh, content in their educational settings and with families and friends and having dialogues. I just had a mother hit me up the other day, was like her son is, you know, navigating his identity and so thankful that Black Trans TV exists because they're able to sit and watch an episode and have discussions. And it's like, that's the stuff that really warms my heart. So do I think that society is actually doing anything? No. Do I think that I'm doing something? Yes. And will I continue to do the work? Completely, yes. Um, This is what I'm passionate about. I'm passionate for humans to be treated equal regardless of their race, their creed, their sexuality, or their gender identity because I know that all people are created equal and that it's up to an individual to choose how they live their life. As long as you're not hurting anybody, you're good with me. Okay, and then very last question before we get into the what would you do, which I'll explain later, is um, can you just speak to like, the medical support or that exists or that doesn't exist for people who are interested in transitioning copy um 
Well, it all it all depends on how that person um, wants to navigate. Like I said before, in order to be trans, you don't have to do anything other than saying that mm-hmm. I am a man, I am a woman, or I am gender nonconforming, or I am non-binary. However, you identify. Um, however, there are centers pretty much in every single state. Um, they all go by different names, but if you just like Google like LGBT center and wherever you live, you can find resources fairly quickly, which is a blessing. So I think that that is good um, and amazing. Um, and then through those centers, you can find surgeons, find doctors, um, endocrinologists. Those are the people that um, administer HRT or testosterone um, or estrogen, depending on where you are in the spectrum. Um, but yeah, there's no requirement to be trans. Um, I just want to mm-hmm. really, really make that clear for yeah. everybody listening, because I think oftentimes people are like, oh, so when did you start? When did you feel? When it, when is it in? Um, but there are multiple resources. And these resources centers are not just for people that are trans. Um, they're for everybody to learn. And there's free classes and seminars and things like that. And I think that if we want to really grow as people and um, change the world and make sure that there's no more 45s as presidents, we have to step in to places where we're going to be uncomfortable. Uh, trans people do it every day. Queer people do it every day. Black people do it every day. But it's it's about time that um, black people that don't identify as queer or trans or non-binary step into places where they are uncomfortable and just see how it feels. Because then I think um, they'll stop pointing fingers at others and saying, like, you can't do this or I don't like the way you do that and see how it feels to be othered because every single day I'm othered simply because I am my best self. And it kind of sucks, you know, because I'm, I'm my happiest self. But at the same time, I am America's worst nightmare. But I'm going to change the world um, for the better so that little people out there know that it's okay to just be themselves. Um, Black Trans TV is a resource, you know. We're actually working together with B. TGNC Resource um, Bank that was just created last year who is pulling together um, resources from every state. So if you need anything, you can always just come to me. If you don't want to Google, because I know sometimes people don't want that in their Google search, whatever, um, you can always just hit me up and I'll, I'll give you the resources that you need. But just give love to everybody, no matter where they are in their journey in life. Um, it's confusing uh, to be different. Um, and not know which way to go. But if you're young, push forward, stay strong. Um, it's all love, um, even when it doesn't feel like there's any love at all. Um, there's still love, and you find that love inside of you. Wow, Amazing. thank you so much. Yeah. So right. I'll introduce the next segment. Oh, shit, sorry, Tristan. Huh. Sorry, I have a, it's, it's kind of a dumb question. It's okay, but... nothing's dumb. Yeah. Okay, because someone brought it up to me at Someone brought it up to me at work and it, it kind of really pissed me off. But like, I'm going to be honest, like I'm, I consider myself a very smart person. But in that moment, I feel like I didn't have the correct words or verbiage to explain myself. We were talking about um, trans identity and, and, you know, whatever. And my coworker who, um, my coworker said, is it? isn't it the same as like, or why can't then like transracial be a thing and try to bring up articles about Rachel Dolezal to me. I don't know how you all feel about that, but I think Rachel Dolezal is is ridiculous. Yeah. No, I don't think it's the same. No. Yeah. yeah. People, people say that a lot. And, and, you know, my mom even mentioned that, uh, too. um, 
when she found about Rachel Doza. And my thing is race and gender are social constructs. So in reality, they don't exist, right? However, mm -hmm. when it comes to cultures, that exists. You cannot become another culture. So beyond the, the transracial doesn't even make sense because it's like you can't, you definitely can't change your race, but she wasn't really changing her race. To me, it seemed like she was trying to be a, um, what do you call, like she was cultural appropriation. Like that's what it was, you know, like she literally was just like, I'm black. This is how I feel comfortable. This is how I was raised. So this is my culture. And I think that's kind of where the situation is um, murky for me. And it is disrespectful when people bring those two together because it's two completely different things, right? If a person is transgender, they are literally just being their natural self. And while, yes, they might make amendments to their their body and change their name, it's an actual natural phenomenon that has been happening like for decades, for centuries. You know, like I said, this goes all the way back to um, our ancestors before there was a binary. So this is something that is not new, but because of language, it's now seen as something as a choice when it's not a choice. My only choice was to be happy, right? And I think that's a, that's the clear distinction. When it comes to people trying to switch races or culture, now that to me is a blatant sign of disrespect for who they know that they are white, like especially within this... Um, trying to make it make sense for people who may not understand. So like in the system where it's literally white and black, when why I, that doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me. Like you purposefully said, I'm going to take away my, my white privilege mm -hmm. and what I actually am, because that's something that I just feel that you cannot change. And that's not even opinion based. That's factual. You can't change your 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 race but i guess for me i would say culture because i do believe that gender and race are constructs that society mm -hmm. uses to box people in so i've just mm -hmm. i guess i'll make that clear but people are like oh well if that's the case then you can't be transgender and that's why i come back and i say well listen this binary of gender is the construct and so people living outside of the binary have always existed race is a multitude of races in the world, yes, but you can't just say I'm black because you like the culture. I guess that's to make it short. Right. Yeah. Totally agree. Anyways, there's another segment called What Would You Do? Shade, you want to intro, intro it? <laughs> With your bum ass mic. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's up? We got to sing? Yeah. Okay, cool. <clears throat> All right. So <clears throat> we pick it up like this. What would you what do, would you do if your son was at, at home, home crying all alone on the bedroom floor because he's hungry and only want to sleep with a yeah. man for a little bit of money and his daddy's gone? So where? Oh, come on. Y'all ain't got the words? All right. All right. We, we try to cut it, but yeah, I mean, oh. we, we, we can get real far. We've okay. never gotten all the way to like the rap verse. What would you do? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Glenn loves that part too. Speaking of Glenn, oh, we miss oh. you. Yeah. Fix your mic, Glenn. Sis. Dang. Um, so, um, what would you? Oh, you got a shot. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Let's tag team it. Go. Okay. okay, so the what would you do this week is from a black woman. That's how she self-identified. And she said, 
I overheard my female white coworkers saying some racist shit at work. They didn't see me and they don't know that I heard it. How do you call these people out professionally? Do you even call them out professionally or call them out at all? Or do you just go about your day and do your job? So she overheard some white coworkers saying some racist shit. She didn't. Oh, I thought. I, okay, I just make sure she she ain't hears. No, yeah, she didn't specify what they okay. said in this email, but she's saying like, do I address it or do I just leave it alone? I think that you need to speak up, you know, and I think that it's tough though, right? As a black person in a job where you might be the only black person. It, it might be tough to speak up about things that no one else is going to respect or, mm -hmm. or try to understand. But I think that it's important to speak up, even if that means losing your job. And that's that's I guess that's the tricky part for me, because like I don't want no black person losing a job. Right. But I do mm -hmm. want black people to stand up for what is right, because the more that we sit down in these type of situations, that's when um, white people think it's OK to say and do these things. It's like, oh, well, Charlene works at the job. And she didn't say nothing, so why you got a problem with it? And they're going to use you as a scapegoat to get out of their fuck shit. So I do think it's important to speak up, um, no matter the repercussions. That's, that's, that's my thing. Yeah, you got to speak up. You got to. Yeah. I'm going straight for the, can I see your manager haircut? White woman <laughs> in distress. HR yeah. getting a motherfucking email. Blowing the whole shit up, and I'm gonna come into the room, and I'm gonna be crying, and I'm gonna be having a breakdown, and I'm gonna make them niggas do a whole seminar on racial sensitivity, and I'm gonna <laughs> do a whole thing. I'm gonna be like, I need money for Black History Month. I need all the black people to come together. I need happy hours. I need sandwiches. I need snacks. I need backpacks. I'm mm. going in. Take it all. I, yeah. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Shout out, you're so extra. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, you got like that's if you said some shit about. Jewish people or gay white. Oh, you're done. You're done. It would been a fucking rap. <laughs> but I think, um, to your point, sir, about black people having jobs and not losing them, I think that is an important aspect of this. If you work at a place like where you have the agency to speak up, definitely speak up. If you know your job is going to be protected, um, I think agency at work is something that. I value when I look at where I'm working, like I'm thinking about the people that worked at Gucci, like maybe there was a black person in the room, but they couldn't speak up because they were the only ones or they weren't protected. Um, but I think if you do have the agency, make sure everything is in writing. There's a paper trail of every single thing you're communicating with HR. No phone calls. Don't let them call you in for like an in-person meeting unless you have your recording device ready. Um, and if not, keep doing your job and every weekend vigorously hunt for a new one and quit on their ass. Yes. <laughs> Great advice. Everything yes. I'm writing. All right. So we're on the same page. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And for our black girl doing shit this week, Shade, do you have one? Or should we do a black sir doing shit? We got Black Ooh. Sir doing shit. Oh, that was cute. Yeah. <laughs> you see what we did? Yeah, that was cute. That was cute. <laughs> so we, like I said, I'm super proud of everything you have going on. I want all of our listeners to go check you out on um, Black Trans TV. Also on your personal page, Sir Knight underscore. Yeah. Anything, anywhere else that they can find you? Or you, you can also find me on 
Twitter. Um, that's at the underscore sir underscore night. Um, I go crazy on Twitter, but it's like my low key like you know thing, but like not really a high key. Like I be going going crazy. Um, I don't know. Instagram kind of got boring for me. It's like you post a picture. Like I know I'm fine, but like people don't listen to what I have to say. So it's I went back to Twitter for a little bit. So. You know, I dabble and dabble. I'm everywhere, literally everywhere. I'm on Facebook too, but Facebook is crap. You know, it's just for uh, old heads. <laughs> I've had it's Facebook for, for baby a decade. Announcements yeah. And announcements. And yeah. Aunties. Literally. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why I check in with people that li- still live in Maryland. Um, that that part. Um, yeah, they can find me. Find me Instagram. That's pretty much like I'll definitely be there. My story is lit. Like my page may not move. Like my post may not move. But I'm always in the stories, so you should definitely like follow me and then stay in the stories. And then Black Trans TV is live 100% from IGTV to the story to the post um, to the YouTube. So yeah, I mean, learn you something. You know, I really want people to listen, learn, and elevate. I want you to become the best version of yourself. So tune in to me. Yeah, and I must say, like, you always post really inspira- inspirational things. So like, it's a good page to follow. Like. Just to have some positivity on your timeline. Yeah, don't be don't be afraid because I think people are so scared <laughs> of trans popping up on their thing. Like you you know, like trans people aren't gonna attack you. You're not gonna become trans. <laughs> like you know, it's really not that serious. It's it's an informational, educational resource page um, to help people come together. Because I do believe in black sol- solidarity, and I know that how we do that is we gotta put the information out there. So I'm being a martyr. I'm putting my voice out there, putting my face out there, and I'm saying, like, listen, tune in. And, um, yeah, you'll learn a lot. You definitely will learn. I learn a lot. You know, I think that you have to be a student in order to be a teacher and a teacher in order to be a student, too. So it's, a, it's a cyclical nature. So um, if you want to do better, if you want to be better, if you want the world to change, if you want 45 to get out of a presidency, I mean, I don't think he's going to be impeached now at the rate that it's going, but if you want to make sure that the world is a better place, not just for you, but for your babies that you may have, for other people's babies or whatever shall come in the future, you know, you really got to learn something that might make you a little uncomfortable at first, but then you realize like, hey, we're really not that different from you. Yes. Well, thank you so much for your time. Um, we really appreciate it. I can't wait for our listeners to hear this. Um, Amazing experience. And I just appreciate you for being raw, open, honest, yep. and brilliant. Ha, thank you so much. for for It was a pleasure. Uh, it's an opportunity of a lifetime. You know, I love yeah. talking to my black queens. You know, I'll never turn y'all down. If I can make time for you, I always will. Um, just know that you're always loved by me. And if you ever need someone to just love upon you with absolutely no ill intention, you can come holler at Sir Knight because that's what <laughs> I do. I give love to my black queens every single day. I know how hard it is out here for you where people look at you, objectify you, sexualize you, and don't give you the dignity and the respect that you deserve. So when you come to me, I will always address you as queen. I will love you as a queen. And I have no intentions to do anything other than that. Woo. <laughs> feeling really empowered right now yeah. <laughs> well thank you so much and i guess the, for the very last word because you said you're you've read so many books this year give us a book recommendation and we will say good night man you know it's a lot of books on my on my no, my desk sir. just one just one born a crime Island. born a crime trevor oh, noah fucking book yes that's a really good book and i just saw him like at king's theater it was brilliant so that's definitely a book to read, and I think it will help, you know, 
uh, brings uh, black solidarity and human equality because it definitely talks about different um, identities and things of that nature and also the love of a mother from a black son and that's me because I give uh, God all the glory and then second I give it all to my mother oh that's so sweet okay thank you so much for your time have an amazing night and we are so excited for everyone to hear this thank you thank, thank you. you no problem thank Peace. you listeners all right bye bye bye